Welcome back to the Nata Bon Voyage podcast, episode 48. On today's episode, we're talking about killer bees, travel mishaps in Italy, and a search and rescue mission gone wrong in the Galapagos. Johnny, grab your passport. Let's go. And then the train got lost. How does the train get lost when it's on rails? I just want to get out there in the wild. Well, it was in the itinerary. I mean, adventure, it's calling. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been excellent. G'day! Voyagers. Yeah, Voyagers. It's the Not So Bon Voyage podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Christine. But you already know that because we know you listen every single week, don't you? Yeah, you better. You better start listening every <laughs> week. All right, guys. This is episode 49, one away from the magical 50. And I don't know why 50. Actually, it's episode 48. So we're two away from the magical 50. <laughs> and 50 is not going to be anything special. Spectacular, is it? Yes, I think it should be because everything in life is worth celebrating. All the little milestones. Okay, it's going to be great. 50, uh, we, this is 48, 49 coming up on Thursday. We have an amazing Voyager chat with Rachel Rudwall, which is really, really great. So you're going to love that. And then so the next one will be 50. Woo, I can't wait. That's going to be very exciting. Yes. And we hope that you listened to last week's Voyager chat with Mike Corey, because it was crazy. We got amazing feedback on that. Mike is an amazing storyteller. It's what he does for a job in travel. And his story about taking frog poison in the Amazon is wild. It was so wild. That was one of the craziest stories we had on this podcast. And it was definitely a trip, if I may say so <laughs> It myself. was a trip. And he certainly had a trip. Hmm. Tripping on uh, ancient shaman ritual techniques of cleansing with frog poison being rubbed into your skin. So if you haven't heard that episode, make sure you go back. It is a ripper. But today we are getting into episode 48, straight into it because we have no updates. Life is just the same, you guys. The only update is that it's Jules's birthday in two days. So happy birthday, baby. Well, actually, it will be my birthday yesterday by the yes. time this comes out. By the time this comes out, it will be his birthday yesterday. So everybody give Jules a birthday shout out. Yay. Happy birthday. Okay. We do have some in the newsers and we do have a Voyager submission today. So Woo! strap yourself in for another episode. We're going to whip through them and we're going to get you into the rest of your day because uh, we're here for a good time, not a long time. That's right. All right. My first in the news is a story called No Italy for You. Oh, I love it. It's kind of like the... Um, soup Nazi. Like the Soup Nazi, but yeah. I guess it's the travel Nazi. <laughs> okay. So last week we chatted about Europe opening up for travel on July 1st. Ta-da! Ta-da! Not but for us. <laughs> not for the US. Now, here's an interesting story. In the same, very same week as Europe eased restrictions on travel, a private jet was chartered from Colorado, USA to Sardinia, Italy. Oh, Sardinia. Sardinia. Very so, clear water in Sardinia. Yes. Lots of nice beaches. Yes. So they tried to, I guess they were trying to capitalize on Italy opening up again for July 1st, so they chartered a plane, which is very... Wow, richy riches. Very rich. And they landed in Sardinia trying to get into Italy. Only problem was there were were Americans on the flight and they were banned. Oh, what a bummer. Now, here's an interesting thing. So that's their not-so-bon voyage. They flew to Italy thinking, let's get into the travel, let's be the first ones back, and whop, whop, they were denied. Now, here's the interesting thing that the article didn't explain, though. It says that five Americans were denied entry, mm-hmm. but it doesn't say anything specifically about the other six guests, which mm. were from the UK, New Zealand, Germany, and Italy. Okay. Okay. So what I was thinking was, were they denied because there were five Americans on board, or was the plane denied because it came from the US? Oh, that's a good point. Because if you are from another country, but you physically come from the US, are you allowed to do that? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Are planes grounded 
from coming from the US because I feel like at that stage, even though technically as a New Zealand and a UK and Germany, Italy, obviously Italy, you can go to Italy now, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but what if you're coming from the US? Mm, interesting. So That's so, very interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there is not that much information else apart from the fact <laughs> that they tried to get into Italy. I wonder if they were trying to sort of be a little sneaky or maybe try to play dumb. And That's what I'm wondering. Like, were they, did they know? I feel like you would know. If you're at the level of chartering a plane and you had to, like, organize where you're going to land and the passports and everything, I feel like you're, you'll know if there's a travel ban. Yeah. Or maybe you just think that you're so rich that you just think... And, you know, like, why don't we just try to do it, see if we get away with it, and, uh, you know, maybe we can bribe someone. It's like the same as somebody who doesn't have a ton of money, like, trying to sneak into a different line, like, to get into a festival or something, and it's like, let me just try this out. This is, like, the rich person yeah, version And then they go, that. sorry, even, you're not VIP. You're not VIP. Get in the regular people line. Yeah. So the passengers end up being stuck in the airport for, like, 14 hours as they were wow. trying to work out what to do. And then they recharted the plane and had to fly to the UK. Wow, what a bummer. Did the other people get in? I, I'm not sure. That's what I, I'd like to follow up on this and try and see if I can find more info because I'm assuming that they didn't. Um, but yeah, what a bummer because even though they're allowed to fly to the UK, UK's rules are that you have to self-quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like that story I told last week that certain locations like Fiji and the Seychelles are letting travelers come in if they have chartered their own flight, mm. have private flights. So maybe they heard our podcast and were like, yes. oh, we'll charter a flight to Italy. And then they didn't get in. So if that's the case, then sorry, guys. Didn't mean to lead you astray. Sorry, guys. And if we know, then obviously you're listening this week. Uh, just let us know what happened. Yeah, just let us know. Did the other people get in? What happened? Keep us updated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How the other half lives. Not even the other half. How the 1% lives. Good well, for them. I actually wrote down as well as a note to say, isn't this kind of funny? Because it's like the reverse of uh, all the years that everybody's been trying to get into the U.S., and the U.S. is so tight with immigration and visas, and now the U.S. is trying to get in everywhere else, and everybody's going, mm, no, thank you. We don't want your coronavirus. Totally. They're like, suck it. You're not getting in. Yeah. And it's funny because we've generally, we, the American people, the U.S. people, have generally had like a really strong passport that has gotten us in like everywhere, and now our passport sucks. <laughs> yeah. For now. Oh, well, for now. What are you going to do? Speaking of countries that... Yes, that's what we do. Speaking of travel. No, speaking of countries that have bad corona numbers, uh, Brazil is... Did you know Brazil's the second hardest hit country for COVID? Yes. Behind I, the US. I look We're at the number stats. one. We're, We're number, number one. one. Well, I'm Australian. We're doing much better, but... You're basically American now. Yeah. Okay. So deal with that. I'm Australian. I always will be Australian. Except by spousal. Yeah. You know, whatever. Okay, so anyway, Brazil. So if you were hoping to hit up the beautiful beaches of Rio de Janeiro Rio and de be Janeiro. the girl from Ipanema and go to the Copacabana and That's all the other Copacabana. All the other cliches of Brazil. Well, you're Would not. Would you have a hat with fruit on it? <laughs> you could have a hat with fruit on it. You mm. could do very many things. Okay, very many things. <laughs> Except you're not going to the beach. That's one thing you're not uh -oh. going to be doing. So bad news for travelers who wanted to go to the beaches. The mayor of Rio de Janeiro just announced that the beaches will not fully open until there's a COVID vaccine. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, so not even like there needs to be a vaccine or it needs to be almost completely eradicated. That until... is gonna really delay people's beach plans. <laughs> yeah, don't plan your beach holiday right now. So earlier this month, the beaches were reopened for exercise and water sports, but then a bunch of people went and broke the rules and didn't social distance or wear masks. So, and this is why we can't have nice things like Brazilian beaches. That's literally on my notes. No, I said, this is why we can't have nice things because we break them. Okay, I just said that. There's an echo in here. Oh my goodness. Anyway, well, considering Brazil's the second worst hit country behind us, I think it's probably fair enough that they shut that shit down. Yes, I agree. Also, I hate to be controversial, but the beaches aren't that great in Rio de Janeiro. There's a lot of better beaches in in Brazil. So go somewhere else. Okay. And but and during the high season it's freaking packed. Like that would be packed. That would be number one COVID ground zero. It would spread like wildfire because you're literally sandwiched in all the other people and the umbrellas are everywhere and whatnot. Yeah. Well no one's traveling now, so Yeah. But if in regular times, but you can get very delicious grilled cheese there. Not like the sandwich, but like physically blocks of cheese that they grill. It's really good. I feel like for the future, when we have a COVID vaccine, yeah. So don't go to the beach in Rio. Yeah, and don't plan your holiday there because yeah, not getting in. Not getting in, especially if you're American. (laughs) I mean, probably don't even go to Brazil right now. (laughs) Except maybe Americans and Brazilians should just. Both have travel their own to bubble. each other. They're like, look, we're both fucked. So, like, let's at least enjoy things. <laughs> yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah. I'll go down to Brazil. It's a beautiful country. Yeah, but you can't go to the beach. No, not in Rio. Maybe in other places of the country, though, which mm. are better. Go to Ilha Grande. That's really nice. Okay. Little tip. Little All travel right. tip little travel from me tip. to you. Okay. My next in the news, it's a little bit more local, and I've called my story, The Honeybees Are Back, Baby. Baby. Oh, yeah, baby. Mm. So, in another blow... It's, uh, it's, I guess there's a, a negative to the positive. So the bees are back, all right? So everybody can relax about the bees. They're Hallelujah. back. Hallelujah. Bring back the bees. Finally, the bees are back, so that's great. But in another blow to 2020, the bees are flourishing so much that they are even fucking up travel themselves. Oh, no, not so the, the bees. The, even the bees are getting in on travel. Oh. They're like, everybody, don't forget about us. Uh, we know you guys are concerned about COVID, but we're still here, and just so you would like to be reminded, we're going to start fucking shit up as well. Oh, God. Just like uh, they stung you recently. They did sting me recently. Well, it was actually just one bee, but I did get stung a couple weeks ago when we were in my parents' pool, and that motherfucker tore my arm up. It was literally, I think I still have a bruise You still have a, a mark on your arm. This is two weeks later, you guys. If anybody's a medical professional and can give me some advice, I still have a big bruise on my arm from this bee sting. And I've never reacted to bees like this. So what's up with the 2020 bees? Why are they doing this to me? Yes. And we do know that bees fly. So they are. And, and <laughs> we do know that. We do know that. And we so we know that they technically fall into some kind of aero division. But for mm. people who listen to the podcast, you will know that uh, aerospace, aeronautical, aviation, and avian is our main specialty Maybe we need to add bees because they are technically small birds. Uh, we will need to <laughs> technically. We will need to uh, check in with that. But the bees are back, <laughs> and over the weekend, you know Joshua Tree National Park. I know it. Have never been there, but I do know yes, of it. Yes, famous national park in Southern California, mm-hmm. and they had to close the Jumbo Rocks Campground because of aggressive honeybees. Okay, aggressive honeybees. I didn't even think honeybees sting you. Honey to the bee, that's you to me. 
Oh, that's yeah. good. Did you make that up? No, it's a song. Oh, not familiar. Okay. So uh, the Joshua Tree super, Superintendent, which is such a funny name, Superintendent. Ooh, superintendent. Always makes me think not of just super, the intendant, is a superintendent. It always makes me think of Super Hello. Nintendo. David Smith, that's his name, he said that there are a couple of vehicles with lots of bees in them and campsites <laughs> and oh visitors were very uncomfortable. And it's not the first time that the park is at the shutdown because of bees. Oh it happened last year. And apparently it is because during the very hot months, the bees need water to cool their hives down. Oh, so they okay. go looking for water. So they said that they will uh, hang around. I guess maybe they know, so they'll go or they can sense the water, but they are hanging around your water bottle trying to get the water. They said that they will hang around cars because – Cars with AC create condensation, mm. so then the bees go and get the water from there. They said that bees will even get the sweat off your body. Wow. So that's crazy. And then bring it back to the hive. I guess they bring it back to the hive to help it cool it down during the hot months. Cool down the queen bee. Cool down queen bee. Beyonce's just in there Beyonce. going, Bring me my water. <laughs> so that's why they are hanging around uh, humans hang around visitors. So what they actually do is they close the campground down and then the bees, they have to move elsewhere. Wouldn't the bees just go to the next campground? Well, they'll just <laughs> go to the next spot, I guess. So the idea is that if they keep, if they leave the campground open, the bees will stick around always getting water. Hmm. But if they close it down and visitors leave, then the bees will eventually pack up their bags and leave as well <laughs> because they'll be like, campground's closed, guys. We've got to go find the next water source. They're so, like packing up their tiny tents and their little rolling up their like tiny, movie. tiny sleeping bags. It's like bee <laughs> movie. Like, Come on, guys. They're making their tiny bee s'mores with honey. <gasps> oh, my God, with honey. Yeah. That, oh, whoa. Whoa. Game S'mores with honey? Okay. Game changer. Hmm. I'm not mad at hmm. it. Thinking about this. Okay. So the if you're going to Joshua Tree National Park, the Jumbo Rocks Campground is closed from July 9th to July 23rd. Mm. Okay. okay. But other than that, that's it. But I just wanted to share the fact that even bees are getting in on this year. If As if travel has not had enough issues, even the bees are back, baby. Can't they just put a giant vat of cold water out somewhere for them? I think that you should speak to uh, <laughs> seems like the best Superintendent option. David Smith. You should tweet at him and say, hey, here's an idea. How not, why not just have a water bowl for them? Yeah, some, leave some sustainable water bottles out for them. Let them drink. We need to be supporting the honeybees, right? Everybody made this whole big whoop-de-doo about the honeybees. Whoop-de-doo. And now they're back in full force. They've got too many honeybees. I don't know what happened to the murder hornets. Apparently, they just left. I think they're a hoax. That was a bit of a 2020 hoax. And I mean, I just can't keep up with all these insects. These tiny, tiny birds. These tiny birds. But I really, if anybody knows anything about bee stings, maybe I'll post this on our Instagram and be like, what is happening here? Two weeks later. Two weeks later. Okay. Okay. Well, I won't go to Joshua Tree. Thank nope. you for telling me that. Cross that out for my birthday. Okay, I have a Voyager submission this week. Love Ooh. them. Love to see them. We love the Voyager submissions. Remember that you can submit them if you go to notsubonvoyage.com slash submit and you want your story told. Facts. Okay, so this is from Christy from Ventry's Adventures. It's a student travel company. She takes kids all over and does these really awesome trips. Love so, it. Love the sound of it. <laughs> love it. So at Ventry's Adventures, I thought this was pretty funny. She told me that they have a rule that you can't tell, the kids can't tell their parents anything bad that happens until after they come back home. <laughs> that kind of makes sense. Because otherwise the parents are going to freak out. It's travel. Things go wrong. Well, that's kind of like when you got dengue fever in Cuba and your mum was contacting 
you and then contacting me and be like, Christine, question mark, question mark, question mark. And I was like, ha ha, Gigi, everything's fine. I did not tell my parents until I got out of the hospital that I had dengue fever. It's a good move. I recommend it. Is a good it. Move. I like that rule. It's a good rule. Yes. So this is a story from three years ago. She was island hopping through the Galapagos to an island called San Cristobal. Okay. San Cristobal. I'm not yeah. sure where the accent is on that. And she had her kids. They were doing the whole tour group. Not her kids. <laughs> These are the students. Yes. She's leading the trip. She's leading the troops. So it takes two and a half hours to get to each island. So, you know, the, you're in the ocean. It gets a little choppy. It gets wavy. You know, you That's get not really seasick. island hopping. That's more like island, like, moving. Yeah. Island traveling. Island mm. Yeah, it's not super hoppy, but two yeah, and a half hours. Hoppy. I don't know. I mean, it's an island, so you're going to hop. Yeah, you're going to hop. It's you're a big in a hop. boat. It's you're, a big hop. You're not flying around. You're going on a That's boat. That's true. Yeah. And it's a big hop. So basically, they told the kids to just gear up on the Dramamine, like, get that down. You'll be okay. So the boat pulls up, and it's this big, beautiful boat. It looks like it'll be a great trip. Great. Compared to the boat that they took to get to that island, which was this small, little, dingy, like, not a reliable-looking mm-hmm. boat. You want a big boat. When, you, you when want- you're moving on the water, the bigger the boat, the less you feel sick. I think that's, that's the rule, isn't it? Yes, that's well, absolutely Because the bigger true. the boat, the less you move around. Yes, totally. So you want a big boat. So they saw this big boat pull in. They were like, sweet, this is going to be a great ride. Well, let's do this. But as they're on the boat ride, the swells start getting really big. The clouds are getting darker. And Christy's starting to get a little nervous. So it's not looking mm-hmm. so good. She's like in charge of all these uh, students, right? So they basically get She's stuck. She's thinking, which one's the weakest one? Who do we need to throw Who's overboard? Who's going overboard first? Who's going to be on the raft? Who do we let go? I mean, you got to think of these things. <laughs> yeah. So they basically get stuck in the middle of a huge freaking storm out in the middle of the ocean. She said there was, there was like deadliest catch levels, like freaking bananas, huge swells. Fully just Like, like National Geographic. Yeah. In, like Expedition uh, Titanic. Okay. Titanic shit. I don't know if there's there icebergs. Any. There's icebergs everywhere. In the middle of the equator. She said she wants to cry because she is like, this is terrible. But she has to put on a brave face for the kids, right? It's like if you're so on an airplane. So the kids stressing out? The kids are stressing out. Yeah, of course. They're in the middle of the storm. Of course they're stressing out. Wouldn't you stress out? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we went from uh, Gilly Island to Bali on a nice day and the boat was rocking back and forth and we all thought we were going to die. Yeah, well, you so, were throwing up. That was the problem. Well, that was part one of the problems. You were nervous too, let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, I mean, it was getting like sideways. It was going way. sideways. So that's basically what's happening in this, except they're in the middle of a storm, like dark clouds and all that. All right. So, but she has to put on a brave face for the kids, right? Because it's like if you're on a plane and it starts getting a little turbulence, you look at the flight attendants to see if they're chilling or not. That's my number one thing. Right? Everybody does that, I feel like. Although we know that they cannot be trusted because they're flight attendants. Yes. They could just be like, "Ah," but you never know what's what's going on behind those dark, dark, cold eyes. If I was a flight attendant, I would totally fuck with passengers. I would be like... (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> and that everybody would be, would be like, oh my God. <laughs> that would scare the shit out of me. If I was on a plane and I looked at a flight attendant for reassurance and they were like, uh, You just uh, see them shaking and their knuckles like whitening, like gripping the seat. I guess it would be more of a pain in the ass for them because everybody would be like, what's wrong? But it'd be really funny to fuck with people that way. Uh, Wouldn't it be? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it would be funny. So anyway, so they actually get through the storm. They survive the storm. But pretty much right when they're out of the storm, the engine starts making a weird noise, and then eventually it just sputters out. 
So the engine has completely died. Oh, no. And now, because of the storm, they've gotten blown off course. And they're just basically in the middle of the ocean. I'm not sure which ocean. The Pacific? It'd be the Pacific. It'd be the Pacific. Let's just say yep. that. And they're just swaying completely rudderless in the middle of the ocean. This is not So they're, they're not going to end up uh, floating out to sea for 150 days and ending up on the Marshall Islands like the story of that guy from El Salvador, are they? I feel like they could have. that could have happened. And then to make matters worse, the dead engine smell is like super bad. You know, like that yeah, metal yeah. Ugh, and, and rubber and burnt oil and just totally. a whole combination. And if you're already feeling sick because you're swaying and bobbing around at sea, that would make it a little bit more unbearable. You know what makes it worse? When the people on the boat go around and spray the air with Glade Apple cinnamon spray. <laughs> oh, so that would be so sickly sweet. Wouldn't that be horrible? It's like the artificial smell of the Glade. Apple cinnamon. Bleh. I mean, apple cinnamon under normal circumstances is delicious, but not in a yes. spray. And not out to sea when you're mixing it with probably diesel engine, like fumes and rubber and metal and just, yeah. Totally. And, and also, how effective would that be if you're spraying it out in the middle of the... I don't know. But basically, all the kids just lose it. They all just start vomiting everywhere. Mixing that smell, throw that smell in. They're all just vomiting off the side of the boat. And Christy's running around just to make sure they're all not going to like fall over the side of the boat or have something terrible happen. Can I get a head check? One, two, four, five. And literally, everybody's throwing up. Within an hour, they are finally rescued because the engine's not working. So they have to send a rescue team to get them. And lo and behold, the rescue boat is the tiny, terrible boat that they (laughs) did not want to go on. But it is there to save the day. It's the old faithful. Old faithful. Never never judge a boat by its cover, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's the... uh, I mean, you Travel can. take away. You can. You can, Because, but... you know, you would still take the big boat if you could. If you could. If the engine I mean, didn't die. what if they had taken the small boat and got caught in the storm? I, I know. That would be really scary. So during the rescue mission, these two boats are banging against each other. You know, they're still in these big swells and it's just like rough against each other. And the kids actually have to jump across from one boat to the oh, other. God. And they also had to leave all of their belongings behind, including their passports. <laughs> Why? That that seems... Because they couldn't... They're, they're just like, it's risky enough to jump over, let alone ha- bringing all their bags over. Yeah, but surely you would get passports because that seems like it would be the most important thing to bring. Yeah, maybe they were nervous that people, they were going to drop them as, yeah. on the way oh, over okay. there. Because that boat was obviously going to go back to shore. It was going to be towed That's eventually. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, imagine these kids are probably doing their first trip abroad. I'm just They've just vomited all afternoon. They have to jump to another boat. And then it's like, well, we'll keep your passport for you. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that your parents can identify you uh, if you... If you're missing. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Bring the passports. We need the photos just to uh, send out to those news shots. <laughs> <laughs> Their parents probably before they left were like, Johnny, never, ever leave your passport anywhere. Always take your passport with you. And Johnny's like, oh, I don't know what to do. Oh, never leave it. <laughs> <laughs> so five hours later, they finally make it Oof. to the island of San Cristobal. So what was supposed to be a beautiful two and a half hour trip just to the a island? Cruise, just a cruise. Just a lovely cruise. It was probably a beautiful day when they left. It was probably supposed to be really nice. Turned into a five hour search and rescue mission that poor Christy had to take care of these 
students. Damn. It'd be so stressful. And I don't know if this if this tour is cursed or whatever, but actually the day before this, there was a chaperone with them that didn't have the right hiking shoes and she slipped and fell and broke her ankle. Ooh. And she actually had to be medically evacuated, which getting medically evacuated from the Galapagos is like a full mission because it's yeah. so remote. It would be expensive. Totally expensive. Hopefully she had travel insurance, get travel insurance. And she had to do like hour long boat rides, ferries, get a plane to Quito and then a plane back to the U.S. And oh, she, okay. So she went back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And she actually had to have surgery on her leg because it took so long to get her to a doctor. Wow. So always bring the right hiking shoes, kids. It's very important. And if you don't, uh, make sure you make tell sure your you parents. Tell us about it. Make sure you tell your parents after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what happened afterwards? I think that they got to the island and had a nice time, and they got their passports back. But <laughs> it sounded like so stressful. There's one level of stress like enduring this trip, and then there's the next level of stress is being responsible for young people who are like going through this. I think there's even like an, uh, a level in between that. It's like being responsible for for people. And then being responsible for children. Yeah. Because I feel like that's even more intense. Because if you were just leading a normal tour group and you had 10 people to take care of, you know, adults, if they've traveled before and if they're, you know, they're fairly intuitive or they can take care of themselves, you'd feel less sort of worried about them. But the fact that you have kids that are, you know, underage and you're essentially their sole guardian on this trip. Totally. I feel like it's way more stressful. Absolutely. Their parents like entrusted you with their child. (laughs) And it's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Where's Johnny? He hasn't replied yet. Uh, He's on a boat and it's in the middle of the Pacific. Now, the good thing is he has his passport still. (laughs) It's just he's not on the shore right now. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting rescued. It's fine. It's totally fine. So Uh, thank you, Christy, for that story. That was hilarious. Thank you, Christy. I'm sure you have a lot of trauma from that. Yeah. I bet you she's got some good stories, actually. She has some really good stories. From leading those trips with kids or or just leading trips in general because I feel like there's always something that goes wrong. So Totally. She has some really good stories. So hopefully we'll tell some more Christy stories. We'll bust another one out in the future. Ventures, adventures. Awesome. We'll put a link in the show notes. We'll put a link in the show notes. You can go check out their Instagram and whatnot. Awesome. Cool. I love Voyager submissions. Me too. I love Voyager submissions. Please submit, you guys. We love telling those yes. stories on there. Because it's also good to just not just tell a story, but also see a face and make a connection to somebody behind it. And Christy is somebody that we followed on Instagram and, you know, she follows us and we communicate with her. And so it's like fun to have this connection with people and hear their stories and then share them and then tell you guys the Voyagers the stories as well. So if you do know somebody with a good story or if you have a good story yourself, Remember, we love your Voyager submissions. We will read them out if, I mean, obviously, if they make the cut. Uh, you, know, we know, you know, we've got a little standards here. Um, but, yeah, even if they're short, like even if you don't have a ton of detail, just whip it in. You can contact us over Instagram at NotSoBonVoyage or Twitter, and you can obviously get in contact with us on the website. And, yeah, we'll just keep rolling them out. Yeah, we'll do it. Let's yeah. do it. Okay, we're wrapping up episode 48 for today. It's just a short one. Uh, Remember, on Thursday, we have the Voyager chat with Rachel Rudwall. She is a very experienced traveler. She's hosted a TV show. She's Emmy nominated. She has some very insightful insights Mm. to travel and learning about crazy things about yourself and also challenging yourself and some very good travel wisdom. 
That's true. Very good travel takeaways we got from that podcast yep. episode. So check it out. Check it out, guys. Okay, like, subscribe, and rate the podcast. You know the deal. We love you. And until next week, remember to stay safe on the road. And if you're not, make sure you tell us about it. Peace, Bye. bitches. Bye.